All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Father Yahweh, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath that you bless us with every week, and thank you for giving us this rest that we need for our bodies and our minds, and thank you for letting us draw near to you today and search your word out so we can grow closer to your heart. Um, Father, just give us what we, we need instead of what we want, and um, we just thank you that you sent your son into this world to to take the sins upon the world and um, that he can make atonement for us properly. Um, thank you, Yeshua, for everything you've done for us. And, and Father, as we read your word this evening, help us to just draw out what you want us to know year after year and, and just add a little bit more to our our minds and our, our hearts. And we praise praise you always, Father, and we pray all these things through your Son Yeshua, our high priest and king. Amen. 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 Yeah, I'm gonna read out of the T S two thousand nine. We're in Numbers chapter one and we're gonna read from one one to four verse twenty. <clears throat> All right. So then Yahweh spoke to Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of appointment on the first day, on the first day to the second new month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Mitzrayim, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male, head by head, from 20 years old and above everyone going out to the army in Israel. Number them by their divisions, you and Aaron. And a man from every tribe should be with you, each one the head of his father's house. And these are the names of the men who stand with you, from Reuben, Elitzer, son of <laughs> Shedeir, from Shimon, Shalumiel, son of Siri Shaddai, from Yehuda, Nashon, son of Amenadab, from Yisachar, Nathaniel, son of Suar, from Zebulun, Eliab, son of Helon, from the sons of Yosef, from Ephraim, Elishama, son of Amihud, from Manasseh, Gamliel, son of Hadetzer, from Benjamin, Abidon, son of Gidoni, from Dan, Ahiezer, son of Ami Shaddai <laughs> from Asher, Pagiel, son of Okran, from Gad, Elias, Eliasaph, son of Beuel, from Nephtali, Ahira, son of Enan. These are the ones called from their congregation, leaders of the fathers' tribes, heads of the house, or heads of the thousands of Yisrael. And Moshe and Aaron took these men who were called by name, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second new month, or the second month. And they declared their ancestry by clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, each one head by head. As Yahuwah commanded Moshe, so he registered them in the wilderness of Sinai, and the children of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, 
their genealogies by their clan, by their father's house, according to the number of names, every male head by head, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army. Those who were registered of the tribe of Reuben were 46,500 from the children of Shimon, their genealogies by their clan, by their father's house, of those who were registered according to the number of names, every male head by head from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Shimon were 59,300. From the children of Gad, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Gad were 45,650. From the children of Yehuda, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army. Those who were registered to the tribe of Yehuda were 74,600. From the tribe of Hesekar, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Hesekar were 54,400. From the children of Zebulun, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, Everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Zebulun, were 57,400. From the sons of Yosef, the children of Ephraim, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Ephraim, were 40,500. From the children of Manasseh, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Manasseh, were 32,200. From the children of Benjamin, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army. Those who were registered of the tribe of Benjamin were 35,400. From the children of Dan, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army. Those who were registered of the tribe of Dan were 62,700. From the children of Asher, their genealogies by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Asher were 41,500. From the children of Naphtali, their genealogies, by their clans, by their father's house, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army, those who were registered of the tribe of Naphtali were 53,400. These were registered, whom Moshe and Aaron registered, with the leaders of Yisrael, 12 men, each one for his father's house. And all those who were registered, or that were registered of the children of Yisrael, by their father's houses, from 20 years old and above, everyone going out to the army in Yisrael, all those that registered were 603,550. But the Levites were not registered among them by their father's tribe, because Yahweh had spoken to Moshe, saying, only the tribe of Levi you do not register, nor take a census of them among the children of Israel. Instead, appoint the Levites over the dwelling places of the witness. 
or the dwelling place of the witness over all its furnishings and over all that belongs to it. They bear the dwelling place and all its furnishings and they attend to it and camp around the dwelling place. And when the dwelling place is to go forward, the Levites take it down. And when the dwelling place place is set up, the Levites set it up. And the stranger who comes near is put to death. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, everyone by his camp, or by his own camp, everyone by his own banner, according to their divisions. But let the Levites camp around the dwelling place of the witness, so that there be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall guard the duty of the dwelling place of the witness. And the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh had commanded Moshe. So they did. Well, that was fun to read. You did good, Dustin. <laughs> good job there, Dustin. It did good. It's like a foreshadow, like Moses has 12 tribes and Yeshua had 12 disciples. So would 20 years old be the accountability age? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Military age male, 20 years old. That's the that's the age that you uh, are accountable. Right. Yep. My son won't let, be able to leave my home until he's 20. He's one of my sons. And unless they go against my wishes. And my daughter will not be able to marry someone until she's 18. But she'll be able to marry when she's 18. But it has to be someone that's at least 20. So, so when I'm 60, I can come live with you. <laughs> sure. Okay. We're going to start hearing about Oak Ran again. When what? We're going to start hearing about Oak Ran again. Yeah. Some of these names get to me no matter how many times I read them. Or every set, I'm like, oh, cram. <laughs> so the second they were, they had, this was the second year since they left Egypt. Yeah, I believe. Yep. That's what we just read. And then. They're going to get into some no-no stuff, which makes it even longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Moses basically said. You're utterly, utterly going to corrupt yourselves, too. Like, when he when he leaves, they had already corrupted themselves. And then he's like, you're utterly going to corrupt yourselves. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if he got to the point where he was like, you know what? I don't even know why I'm telling y'all this. You're gonna screw it up. Maybe I know he was patient, but well, I'm was sure he? He struck the rock get... twice. Huh? <laughs> he struck the rock twice. Was he patient? Yeah, he was patient. He just he didn't. Well, that was because he didn't listen. I was actually thinking about the other day when he came down with the two two uh, stone tablets. Um, he wasn't he very patient either. 
No, he was ticked off that day. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, he was patient with them to begin with. He was patient with them a little bit after the the event that we were just talking about, the coming down the mountain or whatever, because he told them, he told the father basically. Look, if you do this, like all the all the nations are basically going to say that you weren't strong enough to put them into the land like you had said that you would. So I think he was still patient with them. Either that, or he was pleading on behalf of. And there's two ways of looking at that: either he was pleading on behalf of the Lord, or he was pleading on behalf of Israel. I think he might. I think he honestly had a heart for God. He more or less was probably pleading for the Lord. Yeah, I think he was pleading for the Lord. Hey, you're God. If you're if you're not God, he's like, who else is gonna be God? I mean, also, I mean, could be a little bit of both because his brother was down there with his sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Moses' sons were down there too. Yeah. So, but I I really think he had a heart for God, and he was just he was he was pleading, you know, for God, for Yahweh. I think he did too, but I think he was very patient with Israel until a certain point. Yeah. Same I mean, with I think there was probably a tipping point, and I think it was after um, Aaron had passed. He said, melt down this gold, drink it. I mean, Yeshua yeah. was patient with Israel. Yeah. She was very patient until he had enough. There comes a time when enough's enough. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna, not gonna sit there and and tell somebody or tell me like, you know, that God doesn't exist. You know, I've heard people say, Go on and, you know, pray to your sky daddy and stuff like that. And I've let people have it after that, you know, like there comes to a point where, you know, you, you should be really careful what you say. People like that I don't even entertain. I'm just like, yep. Well, by all means, if you want, you'll see God if you want to see God. I just tell him you're going to see him one day. Yeah. You're going to meet him one day, you'll see. And I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when that happens. Yeah. You know, there's some wicked people out there. So, sure is. Go ahead, Dustin. About go ahead, Dustin. Before I go on, like I'll, we can go on like a whole diatribe about this, but we're not going to do that to you. Chapter two. <clears throat> and Yahweh spoke to Moshe and Aaron, saying, "The children of Israel are to camp, each one by his own banner, beside the sign of his father's house. Let them camp around the tent of appointment at a distance, and on the east side, towards sunrise, those of the banner of the camp of Yehuda." Camp according to their divisions, and a leader of the children of Yehuda, Nashon, son of Amenadab, and his army, with their registered ones, 74,600. Those camping next to him is the tribe of Yisachar, and the leader of the children of Yisachar, Nathaniel, son of Tuar, and his army with his register or with its registered ones, 54,400. Then the tribe of Zebulun, and the leader of the tribe of Zebulun, Eliab, son of Helon, 
and his army with its registered ones, 57,400. And all the registered ones of the camp of Yehuda, according to their divisions, 186,400. These depart first. On the south side, the banner of the camp of Reuben, according to their divisions, and the leader of the children of Reuben, Elitzer, the son of Shedeur, 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 I don't know, Shedeur, <laughs> and his army with its registered ones, 46,500. And those who camped next to him, the tribe of Shimon, and the leader of the ch children of Sh uh, Shimon, Shalumiel, son of Siri Shaddai, an army with their registered ones, 59,300, and the tribe of Gad, and the leader of the children of Gad, Eliasaph, son of Reuel, or Deuel, one or the other, and his army with their registered ones, 45,650, all the registered ones of the camp of Reuben, according to their divisions, 151,450. And they are to, the second to depart. And the tent of appointment, the camp of the Levites, shall move out in the middle of the camps. As they camp, so they move out, everyone in its place by their banners. On the west side, the banner of the camp of Ephraim, according to their divisions, and the leader of the children of Ephraim, Elishema, son of Amihud, and his army with their registered ones, 40,500. And next to him, the tribe of Manasseh, and the leader of the children of Manasseh, Gamliel, son of Hadatsir, and his army with their registered ones, 32,200, and the tribe of Binyamin, and the leader of the children of Binyamin, Abidon, son of Gedoni, and his army with their registered ones, 35,400, all the registered ones of the camp of Ephraim, according to their divisions, 108,100. And they are the third to depart. On the north side, the banner of the camp of Dan, according to their divisions, and the leader of the children of Dan, Ahiezer, son of Amishadai, and his army with their registered ones, 62,700. And those who camp next to him, the tribe of Asher, and the leader of the children of Asher, Pagiel, son of Okran, and his army with their registered ones, 41,500. Then the tribe of Naphtali, and the leader of the children of Naphtali, Ahira, son of Enon, and his army, with their registered ones, 53,400. All the registered ones of the camp of Dan, 157,600. They depart last, with their banners. These were registered, one of the registered ones of the children of Yisrael by their houses, according all who were registered according to their divisions of the camps. 603,550, but the Levites were not registered among the children of Israel, as Yahweh commanded Moshe. And the children of Israel did according to all that Moshe, or Yahweh commanded Moshe. So they camped by their banners, and so they departed, each one by his clan according to their father's houses. I think we talked about this last year. If you take all the the camps and kind of put the numbers out there where it talks about east, south, west, and north, the little amount is up north, and then you got about equal sides on east and west, about the same amount of people 
and then a lot more on the south side. It looks like a cross. You ever seen that? Like I I think we yeah, we went over that a little bit last year. I probably yeah. have a drawing somewhere of it. We're talking about that. Yeah. It's supposed to can you imagine like coming over the mountain and seeing like a a campsite would look like a cross. You know, and the Levites would be right there at the center of the intersection. You know. It's pretty cool. So that's what I'm doing right now is underlining. Oh, it pops out. So 186,400 on the east, 151,450 on the south. Oh, shoot. South, yeah. <laughs> Wait, 100. Is... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. On the West is looks like one hundred eighty or one hundred eight thousand one hundred. Oh, one hundred eight thousand. What you count the total number? Yeah, not the total number, but like of each part. Oh, okay, on each side. Yeah. Does it does it line up? I'm trying to see. The south side is definitely the longest one. Yeah. Because it's... That's Reuben. I know. No, hang on. Wait. We have on the south side is 151,450. On the north right. side. I remember you could tie this into Revelations, right? Talk about the structure around the yeah uh, temple or whatever yeah but the south side looks like it has oh I, no not south side <laughs> the north side I'm confusing myself <laughs> doesn't the, the north side has the least right. Yeah, let me underline where it says the side so that I stop having to. I should have done this a long time ago. South side is 151,450. West side, 108,100. East side, 186,400. North side is 157,600. Okay, wait a second. Do run that through again. Uh, say uh, that so again. The north, uh, the north side is fifty-seven thousand six hundred. Okay. And the north side, the south side, is one hundred and fifty-one thousand four hundred and fifty. No, it's not right then. Because you got Judah with 186,000 on the east. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it sideways, it might work that way. If you look at it sideways, yeah. 
Yeah, I should have underlined that a long time ago. Okay. Makes it easier to point out where everything's at. Anyhow. Micah tied into Revelation. I can't remember where it was. The name is Tammy Knows. I should have went and brought it up last year. I have to go back in my notes, Michael. Yeah, I can't remember. I know it's talking about the um see if I can find it real fast. Well y'all are reading, remember. Um, this is, um, the, it's very difficult to read numbers. Most people stop when they get to the book of numbers, they stop reading the book altogether, or they jump <laughs> from reading numbers to something else. Um, how I feel about Chronicles. I like Chronicles. Chronicles, you get some good stuff out of Chronicles. I get bored. It's Chronicles is literally. I mean, it's a it's a census book essentially. I know. It's a happenings of. It's the book of the annals that the text speaks of. When you yep. read through Kings and it says, "Are these things not written in the book of the annals?" That's that's Chronicles. So it's literally just a, you know. A second rendition of what Kings is talking about, and it even goes further than what Kings talks about. But it's just a record of, and that's not an uncommon thing, too. That's that's one thing that I want to point out that, like, if you go back in like the medieval times, which is you know well after um, Israel, right? If you go back in like the medieval times, um, they did the same thing. They would have like all these records of, you know, King such and such, and he did this, 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 and this. So they took that same structure as what the Bible lays out and said, oh, this is a good idea. <laughs> but yeah. But numbers. I think the number one thing to realize when you're reading the book of Numbers is the fact that it's literally war plans. It's it's the commandings of a general to a to a major army. We we read all the way through the beginning. It says all those who are registered to are going out to the army, right? And then we have the layout of where they're going to sleep around the tent of appointment. And he even says which ones, how many is on each side and which side moves first in formation. This, this book explains in great detail the gravity of any time you read in this text, like in the rest of the Bible where it says, you know, Yahweh of hosts or the Lord of hosts. Exactly what he, you know, exactly what that means. He is a great warrior. Exodus uh, 15.3 says Yahweh is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. He is a mighty warrior. He is a general of a massive army. And not just these people, 
at this time period, not just us as Israel, but also the host of angels, you know, when this goes into when Yeshua was talking about, you know, can I not summon a legion? Um, I can't remember how many legions he uh, had said. I think he might have said 12, but he he listed a, a far greater number than what was common in Rome at that time. And he says, can I not summon, you know, X amount of legions of armies? And it was greater than what anything Rome was using at that time. So just kind of showing you that this is it's literally a book of military strategy. <laughs> and after that was revealed to me, which that was uh, Brother T, very independent, he said that one time and I was like, you know what? That's actually accurate. And then when you go back and read through it, you're like, oh, it really is. I mean, it's talking about the leaders, you know, so you have the captains of these different divisions. Which which division moves first? How they move? How many's in there? <clears throat> yeah, it's fascinating. But my rant's over. <laughs> okay, I, I got it real quick. It's Revelations four to immediately I was in the spirit, and a throne was set there in heaven. One was seated on the throne, and the one seated looked like jasper and carnelian stone, a rainbow that looked like an emerald. Uh, surrounded the throne around the throne 24 thrones and the throne sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with gold crowns on their heads flashes of lightning and rumbling and thunder <clears throat> came from the throne uh, seven fiery torches were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God something like a sea of glass similar to crystal was also before the throne four living cre creatures covered with eyes in front and in the back were in the middle and around the throne. The first living creature living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. And the third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and they were covered with eyes and surround I mean around the inside, around and inside, sorry. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is coming. So, I forget that. It says, Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne, worship the one who lives forever and ever, cast their crowns before the throne and say... The next page. Our Lord, our God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and because you will, because your will, they exist and were created. I know that this was like, I guess, from the different tribes. They kind of like resembled something right here. The, the banner is the banners of each tribe representing yeah. the foreheads of the the beast, the creatures around the throne. Yep. And then you had the 24 elders around the throne, 24 thrones. I forget how we tied all in last year, but I remember that was the one that kind of ties in kind of like the 
how they were around. Um, I think it was Judah. It's kind of similar. Like around the throne, they have the different ones going out around the throne. So. Kind of like when Moses went and got the vision and came back down, and then he arranged them in the way he seen them in the yep. heaven sphere. Yep. So, yeah, that was it. And But it's also the same formation that, um, what was Joseph's daddy's name? I don't remember what Joseph's dad. I don't remember. Jacob? Jake, no. Oh, the, twel- the father of the 12. Oh, yeah, that was Jacob. Yeah, That's Jacob. Right. Yeah. Okay, when, um, when they went to where Joseph was in Egypt, and his father died, the same formation that Moses said him in is the same formation they brought the father back out of Egypt with. Huh. I go back and look at that now. It's interesting. Yeah, that sounds really neat, Dad. I'm afraid I'm gonna forget it because I don't have anything to write on in here. Somebody put that in the chat if you will. I don't know how to write all that out. If you got if you want later, um I'll I'll just write the verses down here. That's all I'll do. We can tie it all back together and do a study on that. Yeah, I think it was pretty deep, honestly, if you really get into it. I just can't remember everything we Miss Tammy had a whole bunch of notes last year on it. I think notes are at the farmhouse, Michael. I can't find them. Yeah. You do ever find those, you know, definitely sure. Those are pretty good. We didn't have that recorded last year. I was looking at our old uh, last year's score portion. I think we might have been over it when Moses went and got the vision and come back. Might have. That's when we went over it with the tour portions. Yeah, that was actually the first time I actually liked reading the book of Numbers when you brought that up. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And chapter three. These are the generations. <laughs> and these are the generations of Aaron and Moshe. 
when Yahweh spoke with Mosham Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithmar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the, the anointed priests, whom he ordained to act as priests. And Nadab and Abihu had died before Yahweh when they brought strange fire before Yahweh in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar acted as priests in the presence of Aaron, their father. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near, and set them before Aaron the priest, and they shall serve him, and they shall guard his duty and the duty of all the congregation before the tent of appointment, to do the service of the dwelling place. And they shall guard all the furnishings of the tent of appointment and the, and the duty of the children of Israel to do the service of the dwelling place. And you shall give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are given, they are the given ones given to him from among the children of Israel and appoint Aaron and his sons and they shall guard their priesthood and the stranger who comes near shall be put to death. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe saying, now look, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel and the Levites shall be mine because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Mitzrayim, I set apart to myself all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. They are mine. I am Yahuwah. And Yahuwah spoke to Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Register the children of Levi by their father's houses, by their clans. Register every male from a, from a month old and above. So Moshe registered them according to the word of Yahuwah, as he had been commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kehath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their clans, Libni and Shimi, and the sons of Kehath by their clans, Amram and Yitzar, Hebron and Uziel, and the sons of Merari by their clans, Mali and Mushi. And these are the clans of the Levites by their fathers' houses. From Gershon came the clan of the Libnites, and the clan of the Shemites. These were the clans of the Gershonites. They registered ones according to the number of all the males from a month old and above. Their registered ones were 7,500. The clans of the Gershonites were to camp westward behind the dwelling place. And the leader of the father's house of the Gershonites, Eliasaph, son of Lael, and the duty of the children of Gershon in the tent of appointment was the dwelling place and the tent with its covering and the covering of the door of the tent of, of appointment and the screens of the courtyard and the covering of the door of the courtyard, which is around the dwelling place and the slaughter place and their cords according to all its surface. And from Kehath came the clan of the Amran, Amramites and the clan of the Yitzhites and the clan of the Hebronites and the clan of the Uzielites and these were the clans of the Kehathites in number all the males from a month old and above were 8,600 guarding the duty of the set apart place the clans of the children of Kehath were to camp on the south side of the dwelling place and the leader of the father's house of the clans of the Kehathites was Elitzaphan son of Uziel, and their duty was the ark, 
and the table and the lampstand and the slider places and the utensils of the set-apart place used in the service and the covering and all its service. And Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, was to be chief over the leaders of the Levites with oversight of those who guard the duty of the set-apart place. From Merari came the clan of the Malites and the clan of the Mushites. These were the clans of Merari. And the number of their registered ones, all the males from a month old and above, were 6,200. And the leader of the father's house of the clans of Merari was Suriel, son of Abihail. Abihail. There you go. These were to camp on the north side of the dwelling place. And the appointed duty of the children of Merari was the boards of the dwelling place and its bars and its columns and its sockets, and its utensils, and all its service, and the columns of the courtyard all around, with their sockets, and their pegs, and their cords, and those who were to camp before the dwelling place on the east, before the tent of appointment, were Moshe, and Aaron, and his sons, guarding the duty of the set-apart place, and on the duty of the children of Yisrael, but the stranger who came near was put to death. All the registered ones of the Levites, whom Moshe and Aaron registered at the mouth of Yahuwah, by their clans, all the males from a month old and above were 22,000. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Register the firstborn males of the children of Israel from a month old and above, and take the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me. I am Yahweh instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel and the livestock of the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the livestock of the children of Israel. And Moshe registered all the firstborn among the children of Israel, as Yahweh had commanded him. And all the firstborn males, by the number of names, from one month old and above, of their registered ones, were 22,273. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Take the Levites, instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the livestock of the Levites, instead of their livestock, and the Levites shall be mine. I am Yahweh. And for the ransom of the 273 of the firstborn of the children of Israel, who are more than the number of Levites, you shall take five shekels for each one, head by head, take it by the shekel of the set-apart place, the shekel of twenty keres. And you shall give the silver, the ransom, of those who are in excess among them to Aaron and his sons. And Moshe took the ransom silver from those who were ab over and above those who were ransomed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the children of Israel, he took the silver, 1,365 pieces, according to the shekel of the set-apart place. And Moshe gave their ransom silver to Aaron and to his sons, according to the word of Yahweh, as Yahweh had commanded Moshe. What was the point of the, the Levitical priesthood there was already a priesthood established because it so it started out it was the head of each household was to serve the lord right mm -hmm. as you just read right mm -hmm. or the firstborn was supposed to serve the lord mm -hmm. but then there was a ransom that took place instead of the firstborn it had become the Levites. The Levites were ransomed. And that's what you just read about was the ransoming. Okay, that's all I was trying to figure out like, what was going on with the ransom and all that stuff. I never understood that part. 
Plus, Micah, that in Malachi 2, it talks about, um, let me find it real quick. Because I was wondering, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, they have the priest of Midian, there's already the priesthood that was established, like, why did, why did the father decide to go to the Levitical, to the Levites, you know, just have just the Levites? Because it came from Levi. It says right here in uh, Malachi 2, 4, it says, And you shall know that I have set, that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith, wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. Okay, so it was established with Levi. He so was established uh, Midian. Yeah, he was established. I mean, before the Prince of Midian. I mean, yeah, okay. that makes sense. So the Prince of Midian would have probably technically been a part of that Levite. He would have been Levite probably too, right? I don't know. Because what about Moses and Aaron? I mean, were they bloodline? Yeah, you have to be born. Okay, so then... They were from the tribe of Levi. So technically, wouldn't Prince, uh, the Prince of, uh, I mean, not Prince, the priest of Midian, you know, um, Jethro, would he have been a Levite then if he came from Levi? Because if, if it was already given to Levi, whatever. Jethro was his father in law. Right. Yeah, Jethro was the father in law. But I, I want to point out this. I'm not sure whether he was a Levite or not, but it's interesting that Aaron and his sons became the high priestly party and not Moses and his sons. Yeah. Why is that? Well, he chose Moses to to be the the ruler. Yeah, if you go back, actually, I'll listen. I'm sorry. Yeah, he chose Moses to be the ruler over the people, like it says in um, Exodus. I think it's Exodus twenty two twenty eight. Hold on, let me see. It says, "Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the ruler of thy people." Uh-huh. So, like, he's the ruler of us now. So I tied something yesterday. I was listening to Exodus where so Moses was a god was like a god the Pharaoh, right? And Aaron was his prophet. And whatever Moses told Aaron to do, Aaron did it. And it made me think about the relationship with um the father and the son because the same kind of deal. And remember, I think it's Revelations, where Christ was killed was called called um spiritual Sodom and Egypt. And so where Moses and Aaron were doing all these things that where they were trying to prove the Pharaoh, these things was in Egypt. And it was kind of like, I don't know if y'all can understand what I'm trying to say though, but as far as Aaron was like, like the role of Yeshua um, and like the role of God to Pharaoh. It was just more on a grand scale when it was the father and son, it was kind of like a foreshadowing showing what was going to kind of happen. Cause what did Aaron do? He did miracles in front of Pharaoh. What did Jesus do in front of, you know, the people in that place called spiritual Sodom in Egypt, he did miracles in front of them. Mm-hmm. So whatever the God told him, whatever God told him to do, he just did it. But then he reached that, uh, Melchizedek, priesthood right you know reach that that status of um 
Like he's a God to people. Like he's not the father. He's not the almighty, but he is a God, a ruler over the people. Like, like Moses. Yep. And now he's the high priest too. So he actually, he actually holds both. Both um, roles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was, yeah. Pope tries to do in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. I just thought, uh, church and state. Yeah. And then and, and in Corinthians, he's going to hand the kingdom back over to the father. Once death is completely destroyed. And death isn't completely destroyed because the last, the last people thrown in the lake of fire is Satan. After he's let loose for a little while. So that doesn't happen until later on. Uh, is I don't think he is the last one to come. I think it's the people after the judgment are the last one to get thrown in. Yeah. Because well, Satan his no, minions my, get thrown. No, my point was uh <laughs> he's you know, death hasn't been destroyed yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was just saying you're talking was the last one. I was, I was saying after Satan and his minions get thrown, and then after the then there's a judgment that happens, and I think then that's when the rest of the people get thrown to Lake of Fire. Yeah, the ones that just are not going to be, you know, worship God. They don't even want to have nothing to do with God. Yeah. So I don't understand why he's going to provide for you. <laughs> you won't have doing now just to go make ends meet. He'll provide everything for you. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sammy, I'm trying to put specific stuff. What's that? I'm, I'm reacting to the stuff that Miss Tammy sent in the chat, and I accidentally put like three different emojis. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Oh, it's Micah. It's it's on my laptop anyway, so it looks like Micah did it. I'll just let Micah take the blame. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways. Yeah. All right. We got like 20 verses left in the next one. And it just said, uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. Look at that, that Miss Tammy sent. Sorry. <clears throat> it says, and Yahweh spoke to Moshe and to Aaron, saying, Take a census of the sons of Kehath from among the children of Levi, by their clans, by their father's house, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old. All who enter the service to do the ten, to do the work in the tent of appointment. This is the service of the sons of Kehath in the tent of appointment. The most set apart matters. At the breaking of camp, Aaron and his sons shall come, and they shall take down the covering veil and cover the ark of the witness with it, and shall put on it a covering of fine leather and spread over that an all blue wrapper, and shall insert its poles. And on the table of showbread. They shall spread a blue wrapper and shall put on it the dishes and the ladles and the bowls and the jars for pouring and the showbread on it. They shall spread over them a scarlet wrapper and cover the same with a covering of fine leather and shall insert its poles. 
and shall take a blue wrapper and cover the lampstand of the light with its lamps and its snuffers and its trays and all its oil vessels by which they serve it. And they shall put it with all its utensils in a covering of fine leather and put it on a bar. And over the golden slaughter place they shall spread a blue wrapper and cover it with coverings of fine leather and shall insert its poles and shall take all the utensils of, of service with which they serve in the set-apart place and shall put them in a blue wrapper, cover them with a covering of fine leather and put them on a bar and shall remove the ashes from the slaughter place and spread a purple wrapper over it and shall put on it all its utensils by which they serve there, the fire holders, the forks, and the shovels, and the basins, and all the utensils of the slaughter place, and shall spread on it a covering of fine leather, and insert its poles. And when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the set-apart objects, and all the furnishings of the set-apart place at the breaking of the camp, right, at the breaking of camp, then the sons of Kehath shall come to lift them, but let them not touch that which is set apart, lest they die. These matters are the burden of the sons of Kehath in the tent of appointment. And the oversight of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, is the oil for the light and the sweet incense and the daily grain offerings and the anointing oil and the oversight of all the dwelling place and all that is in it with the set-apart place and its furnishings. And Yahweh spoke to Moshe saying, or, and to Aaron saying, Do not cut off the tribe of the clans of the Kehathites from among the Levites, but do this to them, and they shall live and not die when they approach the most set-apart objects. Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint each of them to his service and his burden. They are not, however, to go in to watch while the set-apart objects are being covered, lest they die. Well, yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. There's like it's color coordinated. You got some blue wrappers, you got some purple wrappers. Color coordinated. Don't everybody talk at once now. I know y'all are all just dying to talk. What's your thoughts, Dustin? I ain't really cut now. <laughs> um... My thoughts is when I read this, it's protect the art at all cost. Mm -hmm. 
Amen to that. I agree with that. That God's very particular. Yeah. <laughs> How can a, such a, he can be like a, so OCD, but so like sporadic at the same time. It's funny. Look at his creation. He's got stuff going all different types of way. I think everything's calculated. Oh, it's calculated. All right. We just don't see it yet. Like, like we'll go over this chapter next year and 10 people have, you know, 20 things to say about it. It's like me every time. It's like every, it's like an onion. You just keep pulling back layers. Yeah. That's what the scripture is. You just keep pulling back layers and more layers. And that's why you can't talk to certain individuals after a while. You, there's some things you can't talk to people about until they're ready. They're just not going to understand what you're saying. All right. Well, that's yeah. how Paul. He was probably like, I know all this stuff. I don't. It's like I gotta give y'all like the basics, the bare minimum here. It all it all come together one day, every bit of it. I don't think we'll have to question any of it. We'll we'll know it. We'll know why he did things, the way he did it. You know. I just can't imagine like the presence of the father. It's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming thought. Mm -hmm. Having all that him putting all that information in you and stuff, like just give you a new spirit, new um mind, everything, new body. It's gonna be a very overwhelming thing. Be made like the angels. It's gonna be overwhelming. Yeah. We'll know everything at that point. Well, we will we'll know is everything. We'll know is we'll know we'll know is way. Yeah. We'll we'll spend eternity getting to know him, you know, even better. Gosh, man, it's just crazy to think about sometimes. I don't understand why people would want to reject the Father. That's, you have nothing to lose. Me. You literally have nothing to lose. Like, what's going to harm you by accepting the Father? Bible says, <laughs> Bible says people's drawn away by their own lust and desires. Yep. As I say, it, it, what you lose is your ability to do whatever the heck you want. People don't like that. 
Yeah, walking, do all your fleshly things, go out, getting drunk, do whatever you feel like doing. Partying, but getting crazy. You have a you have a creator that created you and knows exactly what you need and just wants you to have that. And no more, no less. I, don't I have guess people are satisfied with that. I don't even have desires for those things anymore. Like going out, like I used to go party and all these different things I used to do. I have desire for that. Like it's gone. There's no desire I'm for it. Way. <laughs> this, this time last year, all, all that went away. Like, and I, I didn't particularly ask for it. Uh, I was doing some searching, but I didn't particularly ask for it, but it literally went away. That's like, like, that's like the only thing. Like, I was reading in Romans today, talking about the ones that are not even seeking him, is the ones he's going to go to. That's why I feel like, man, because I wasn't even seeking him at the moment really that hard. My dad was just talking to me. It was just like, bam. Like, there was like no getting away from it. Like, you're just, you're going to come on now. I was like, all right. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's do it. over here. <laughs> I do remember saying the one thing though. I was sitting there one day. I was like, "There's got to be more to life than what I'm doing right now," and I was like, "And that's when it happened." Sure enough, like a couple weeks later, it happened. So, now I think my wife was probably praying about that. Um, I, yeah, sure. That's that's like my. I'm, I think my dad was probably praying for us, and I know Hannah's mom was praying for us. She she prayed for my dad and, and Kim when they weren't going to church and stuff. She prayed for all of us. Mm -hmm. So she stayed prayed for us to find, you know, get close to God. I don't know what my exact order of business is supposed to be yet, but I know that there was something at work that I didn't, uh, that I had nothing to do with. Nope. Because I was fine wallowing in my field. Same. Like I mean, I was I was good with it. I mean, I had like a little moment where I was getting pulled in, but then I would drop off. But then, uh, as like I said, that one day, it was like there was no turning back. Like the desire, all the desires I had for everything in this world just started going away, started vanishing. Y'all stories and, uh, like the prodigal son. Yeah. Just, I mean, nothing else. I mean, nothing else to offer here. Like I, like I, I started. I slowly started losing desires for everything I was doing, and now I feel like I'm crazy. And I can't talk to people all the time because all I want to do is read the Bible. I feel crazy sometimes. Just like I, I don't know. Like people want to talk about all these other things. I'm like, I have no interest talking about what you're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> like I feel bad. Because I feel like sometimes I have a harder time having a conversation outside the realm of God, and it's like I don't I don't know what to talk to you about. Exactly, that's that's yep. exactly right. Like, I don't, because I don't your desires of the Lord gone. I know, I do. I'm telling you, He will rip it right out from you. Like, I mean, just rips it out of you. It'd be like somebody be telling me like the the. 
like I don't even know how to explain. Like somebody will like be gossiping or saying something about this side or the other, and I'm just like, I can't pay attention. I literally can't because right. it's like I don't, I don't care. This has nothing to do with me. It doesn't affect me. But the second somebody's like, "Hey, this Bible verse," I'm like, "Let's talk." <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, bro. I'm just like. I don't know, and I feel I bad. I feel like I kind of annoyed some of my friends and stuff, and part of some friends and family. Uh, and now they're act- they're actually like coming back around, but uh, they know they know that, it, that that's what I'm going to talk about, and they're finally like coming back. Yeah, yeah, it's hard sometimes, man. I'll be honest with you; I really do struggle. Every time I get like a new guy in my truck, he later works with me and stuff. I'm just like. So you believe in God? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, that yeah, it's I have some crazy conversations sometimes at work, man. You can be like, I need you to roll that window up so you can hear me and hear me good. I <laughs> <laughs> listen. Dude, I've gotten to talk to people in my work that, like, are, like, atheists. I've talked to people that are agnostic, all sorts of stuff, man. I have people that, like, literally care nothing about talking about God. They're like, you'd never be able to talk to that guy about God. I talked to him about God. I've talked to guys that are Freemasons. I mean, all sorts of stuff, man. All right. Anyways. Yeah, I got to work with me. He's a third-degree Freemason. We sat there and talked about God. for. He talked about God forever with me. Um, you okay. have to be a, to be a Freemason. You got to believe in something. Yeah, the high level guys are usually the ones that are the problem. The lower guys don't really know much. No. You have three options. You can pick the Abrahamic faith of being a Muslim. You can be um, some form of Christianity, or uh, what's the third one? Who's the Jew. third one? Jew. Yeah, yeah, be a Jew. There's three, yeah. You have to pick one of the Abrahamic faiths. So. And they don't care which one it is. You just have to have a statement of faith. But, yeah, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> No, nah, but seriously, I do feel like half crazy sometimes, like trying to talk, like, I don't know, talk to people. That's what I call people all the time when I'm at work. I'm like, I know some people will talk to me about God. You got to remember what you smile that you say every day, what it tells you to do. And you go on further down. When you're on the highways, when you're on a journey, when you're sitting at the table, when you lay down, when you get up, it's supposed to be continuously on your mind. Yes, and it's always like that. I'm telling you, man. I don't, I don't like, a lot of people feel like they burn out from it. Like, if you get burned out from reading scripture, just listen to some music and you'll want to get back in the scripture. 
That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I get, if I get if I can get weary of it, or if I, basically listening to it on the audio, it, it gets from time to time. If you need to change, I'll turn on some dual survival or something like that. It's, and then, like before long, I said, "Oh, I got to get back to." It. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm afraid not to. I listen. I go like my day usually consists of me going between. <laughs> Um, music, listen to people live talking about God, um, listen to the Bible, listen to teachings about God, talking to people about God. That's usually what my day consists of. Me too. Especially this time of year. Yeah. I'm stuck on this thing. Yeah, just sit there and listen to stuff all day. I've killed many a year, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I've about had enough, though. I think I'm going to go home. Just go home, Seth. But my whole point is all that, like, I don't, like, the whole thing is it came out of nowhere, this desire, what you know, just, it's like he just he just calls you, just like, you're, you're coming here now. I'm like, all right, can't do nothing about it. There's, like, no getting away from it. <laughs> Say what? Yeah, that's why. Like I, I'm just like I'm a slave to Christ at this point because like there's no getting away from it. And what a freedom it is! Yeah. The gift is the gift that lives within you. Yeah, that's right. I used to like for like like I used to like be want to like go to like the gun ranges and stuff like all that stuff. Like I used to love doing that. Like all all different stuff like that. I don't even like. I'd rather sit and read. If you gave me a choice, sit and read my Bible or do that, I'm gonna read my Bible. Yeah, last year when I was deer hunting, I would uh, I would get into it, and I would. Uh, I'd be listening to one particular time I was listening to Samuel, one of the other, and I looked up and there was a deer at the end of the sheep wing standing in the food pile. And I reached down, grabbed the gun, and I was like, ah, I'll give it a minute. Maybe another one will come out. And it was like an hour later when I looked up again, there was like five deer standing there. Like, Oops. I better, I better do that. Yeah, I'll wait a minute. <laughs> I'm just saying, I still like shoot guns. So, I mean, it's all right. Like I'm serious. <laughs> like my desire is like more. I'm telling you, you give me this like something to do with God. Like I'm usually always gonna pick that. I'm just, I don't know. I'm more excited about all that. I have been known to. To uh, take the old Glock and use my earbuds as my shoot hearing protection and shoot, shoot while I'm listening to. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, it works too. It, it's it's like anything that you can stick inside your ear 
that kind of muffles mm -hmm. it. All right. Man, that's why. What I, I, what I, I got out is that having the shooting just because the ammo was so high and I was afraid it was going to run out again. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can I can kind of hit uh, like 150 to 200 pound target pretty easily. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop wasting ammo at this point. Yeah. I've never been in, in like interested in stuff like interested in anything like this long like ever in my life like for this long duration of time ever where I just constantly get more and more obsessed with it like um, I remember I was working like I just started to come into this truth in like 2019 it was like six months in and this woman I was working with she was like yeah just don't ever become like a fanatic you know about reading the bible I was like I already am I'm already a fanatic well, nothing wrong with, with echo chambers as long as it's the truth. Yeah. You know, like somebody said something about, so that's all you do, or what, something about a Facebook page, or uh, I was like, pretty much. <laughs> uh, is, that, is that an issue? <laughs> so. Honestly, I would think this group right here is not an echo chamber, though. Because we have our differences on a lot of different things too. A lot of time talk about it. So yeah, well, I was that was a that was a conversation with one of my uh, political buddies, right. and he was talking about that the right being an echo chamber, and I said, "Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been on the left? Yeah, um, but anyway, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle of all that. Anyway, but... that's even like stuff. I used to be like really big, like my first year in, year and a half. I was really big in conspiracy theories, and then after a while, it's just like he took that away from me. I don't, I'm not even deep into that stuff. I'm just like, someone tells me a whole bunch of crazy things happen. I'm like, yeah, it could be true, and I'm like, whatever. I know there's one thing that's true, and I can read this book. Uh huh. It's like the one That's thing I can find in the world at this point. The only reason why I know it's real, though, is because I can feel it. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's a it's a deep feeling. There's I'm, something. It's, it's very deep. I can't. That's what I'm saying. It's the only thing I can tell. I'm extremely attention deficit, and I don't stay with anything that doesn't that I don't. I'm not sure they're interested in. Same. I'm gonna check back in here in just a minute. All right, Dustin. Let me take over your time. Sorry. I don't know how we got to all that. I got no clue. You ready to read First Samuel? Yeah. Read it. <clears throat> Chapter twenty, verse eighteen through forty-two. I'll go back to the HCSB. First Samuel chapter 20. Yeah. Chapter 20, verse 18 through 42. Oh, see it circled. Someone circled it. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> so Jonathan said to him, tomorrow's the new moon. 
You'll be missed because your seat will be empty. The following day, hurry down and go to the place where you hid on the side this incident began, or on the day this incident began, and stay beside the rock, Izel. I will shoot three arrows beside it as if I am aiming at a target. Then I will send the young man and say, go and find the arrows. Now, if I expressly say to the young man, look, the arrows are on this side of you, get them, then come, because as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, or it is safe for you there. It is safe for you, and there is no problem. Good Lord. But if I say to this youth, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord is sending you away. As for the matter you and I have spoken about, the Lord will be a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field. At the new moon, the king sat down to eat the meal. He sat at his usual place on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat facing him, and Abner sat or took his place beside Saul, and David's or but David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day because he thought something unexpected has happened. He must be ceremonially ceremonially unclean yes that's it he is unclean however the day after the new moon the second day david's place was still empty and saul asked his son jonathan why didn't jesse's son come to the meal either today or yesterday or today jonathan answered david asked for my permission to go to bethlehem he said please let me go because our clan is holding a sacrifice in the town and my brother was told or has told me to be there so now, if you are pleased with me, let me go so I can see my brothers. That's why he didn't come to the king's table. Then Saul became angry with Jonathan and shouted, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you are siding with Jesse's son to your own shame and to the disgrace of your, of your mother? Every day Jesse's son lives on earth. You and your kingship are not secure. Now send for him and bring him to me. He deserves to die. Jonathan answered his father back, Why is he to be killed? What has he done? Then Saul threw his spirit, Jonathan, to kill him. So he knew that his father was determined to kill David. He got up from the table in fierce anger and did not eat any of his or eat any food that second day of the new moon, for he was grieved because of his father's shameful behavior toward David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for the appointed meeting with David. A small young man was with him. He said to the young man, run and find the arrows I'm shooting. As the young man ran out, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. He came to the location of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, but Jonathan called to him and said, the arrow is beyond you, isn't it? Then Jonathan called to him, hurry up and don't stop. Jonathan's young man picked up the arrow and returned to his master. He did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Then Jonathan gave his equipment to the young man who was with him and said, Go, take it back to the city. When the young man had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone, Izel, fell with his face to the ground, and bowed three times. Then he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept with each other, though David wept more. Jonathan then said to David, Go in the assurance of two, or in the assurance the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord, when we said, the Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Then David left and Jonathan went into the city. So it was a Sabbath, right? Huh? It was a Sabbath, right? 
uh, New Moon Festival. It sounds like. I could be wrong, double check me, but I think it's Shop Shop Road. It was a Sabbath. Was he trying to check him on the first night or the second night? He was gonna kill him regardless. Huh? He would have been now supposed to kill on the Sabbath, I'm pretty sure, right? Only if you're defending yourself. Well, there you go. If it was yeah. Sabbath. I think murder is wrong, period, right? Unless it's in self-defense. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. I know with the story of the Maccabees, they um, he told them because there was a group that decided they weren't going to fight on the Shabbat, and they were like massacred. And so, like the leader of the Maccabees said that they would not go out like to seek to fight on Shabbat, but if they were attacked, then they would defend themselves. And didn't they have to defend themselves, Jenny, on the Sabbath? I think they did have to fight on the Sabbath. Yes, they, did. they did, and then they were victorious. Sorry, if that was directed at me, I had to get a child out of the trash can. Get, get a child out of the trash can? <laughs> Sounds like my house. No, he wasn't in the trash can. He was getting things out of the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, where's the baby? Oh, he's in the trash again. Yeah. I mean, he probably would come in there if we let him. Yeah. Chances aren't zero. <laughs> Anything's possible. So, when it speaks of the new moon, that goes back to Numbers 2811. It says, at the beginning of each of your months, present a burnt offering to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs, or male lambs, a year old all unblemished with six quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as grain offerings for each bull, four quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for the ram, and two quarts of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb. It is a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. The drink offerings are to be two quarts of wine with each bull, one and a third quarts with the ram, and one quart with each male lamb. This is the monthly burnt offering for all the months of the year. And one male goat is to be offered as a sin offering to the Lord in addition to the regular burnt offering with its drink offering. So that, and that's that's why when Saul didn't see that he was there, 
the first day, which was actually on the, the first day of the month, he was like, well, he's probably just ceremonially unclean because you wouldn't be able to partake in that uh, meal, right? But when he wasn't there the second day, he was like, something's up. Where's David? I didn't know no moons was two days Sabbath. Well, no. So from the, yeah, the sundown to sundown, right? And it's the first day of that new moon or the new month, if you will. <laughs> that gets into a whole other debate. But the first day of the month, is yeah, it's a it's a you're supposed it's to bring offer. It's a two that's, day Sabbath. No, that's why he when he wasn't there the second day, he was like, "Where's David at?" Because he didn't question it so much. Yeah, exactly. The first day he was like, "Well, he's probably just unclean, and he couldn't come to the to the meal." But then when he wasn't there the second day. When he could be there, you know, the second day of the month. Okay, I see what you're saying now. Yeah. I just had been studying not too long ago, new moons and stuff, and I'm like, Lord of God, I didn't know it was two days. <laughs> I'm still getting into all that because, yeah, we'll talk about that later, I guess. <laughs> Go to Second Samuel now. <laughs> uh, chapter twenty-four, one through twenty-five, which is the very end of Samuel. <clears throat> it says. The Lord's anger burned against Israel again, and he stirred up David against them to say, Go, go, count the people of Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of his army, Go through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and register the troops so I can know their number. Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God multiply the troops a hundred times more than they are, while my, while my lord the king looks on. But why does my lord, the king, want to do this? Yet the king's orders prevailed over Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army left the king's presence to register the troops of Israel. They crossed the Jordan and camped in Aror, south of the town, in the middle of the valley. And they proceeded towards Gad and Jazer. They went to Gilead and to the land of the Hittites and continued to Dan Jan and around to Sidon. They went to the fortress of Tyre and all the cities of the Hivites and Canaanites. Afterward, they went to the Negev of Judah at Beersheba. When they had gone through the whole land, they returned to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. Joab gave the king the total of the registration of the troops. There were 800,000 fighting men from Israel and 500,000 men from Judah. David's conscience troubled him after he had taken a census of the troops. He said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I've done. Now, Lord, because I've been very foolish, please take away your servant's guilt. When David got up in the morning, a revelation from the Lord had come to the prophet Gad, David's seer. Go and say to David, 
This is what the Lord says. I am offering you three choices. Choose one of them, and I will do it to you. So Gad went to David, told him the three choices, and asked him, Do you want three years of famine to come on your land, to flee from your foes three months while they pursue you, or to have a plague in your land three days? Now think over, think it over and decide what answer I should take back to the one who sent me. David answered Gad, I have great anxiety. Please let us fall into the Lord's hand because his mercies are great, but don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel from that morning until the appointed time, and from Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men died. Then the angel extended his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, but the Lord relented concerning the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand now. The angel of the Lord was then at the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel striking the people, he said to the Lord, Look, I am the one who has sinned. I am the one who has done wrong. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and my mother or, and my father's family. Gad came to David that day and said to him, Go up and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. David went in obedience, or went up in obedience to Gad's command, just as the Lord had commanded. Arana looked down and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So he went out and bowed to the king with his face to the ground. Arana said, what, what has my lord the king came to his servant? Why has the lord my king come to his servant? David replied, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the lord, so the plague on the people may be halted. Arana said to David, My lord the king may take whatever he wants and offer it. Here are the oxen for the burnt, or for a burnt offering, and the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. My king Arana gives everything here to my king, or to the king. Then he said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. The king answered Arana, No, I insist on buying it from you for a price, for I will not offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 20 ounces of silver. He built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered prayer on behalf of the land, and the plague on Israel ended. Does that mean that we don't like tithe of gifts that are given to us? Because, you know what I mean? Um, it depends on what it would be. Because <laughs> there's talking, still free will offerings. Talking about regifting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you could look at this regifting. So he sinned, he sinned greatly. So David sinned a third time. Yeah, because he decided. Um, Chronicle says it a little bit different, but it basically he had decided to take a census because he knew that there was about to be some some back and forth fighting between. Because this, remember, this is right before the two house split, because that happened uh, right after Solomon. Um, 
they had already started to get tense between the two. And so he decided to number the people just in case um, there was to be a war. He wanted to see if the fighting men of Dan and Judah could take out the men of Israel. And like the beginning of this one says like the Lord's anger burned against David. But if you read Chronicles, it says uh, something along the lines of Satan entered David and caused him to count a, or count the people. So what's wrong with taking a census though? He wasn't trusting God to like, yeah, true. That. That's true. That's true. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I was saying, I was like, what's wrong with like, like taking a census? Uh, yeah. Taking a census it. because he's like, do I have more men or do they have more men? Surely I have to have more men so that I can win this battle. Yeah. And all, every other time the father's always delivered him no matter what. Cause even with Goliath, I mean, he went out there, he had a lot more faith. When he went out there with Goliath. Well, not only that, he's a king and he knows the Torah. And what does the Torah say? Is it one will so, be? Was it one will be victorious over a hundred? Or no? Let me let's just go back to it. It's Leviticus twenty-six. Now it says that, um, like fifty will be victorious over, or five hundred will be victorious over. 10,000. Isn't there some version in the Bible where you weren't supposed to count the heads? The only one that was supposed to count them was God when they come out. And from then on, on they're supposed to bring a circle. And the people was counted by the circle. But he went out and counted them by the head. Yeah. Life is way easier when you just put your faith in the Father. You are not wrong, sir. Because <laughs> when, when you got to start worrying about everything, it's terrible, man. To me, that shows like you're not supposed to have fear of death or failure. You're just supposed to trust oh. God with it. Yeah, let him help make your decisions. Let his will be done. Yeah. Father, you want me to do this? Make a way. If you don't want me to do this, stop it from happening. Let your will yeah, be Levit done, no matter what. Leviticus 26 says, uh, verse, starting at verse 7, it says, You will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will pursue 100, and 100 of you will pursue 10,000. Your enemies will fall before you by the sword. I think it's a, it just shows it just shows that we have um just shows like human flesh it's that that we fight you know fight our flesh sometimes so we we start thinking about things we don't need to be thinking about that's where Satan gets into your head can't allow can't allow that. And there's also consequences here, you know, if you sin. So, it's inter up. interesting how you said that in Chronicles, 
it states that Satan entered him and that we see that that happened with Judas as well, that Satan, it says that Satan entered him and he's afraid he should have said I mean, yeah, because I mean, what happens when like what? Where does our doubt come from? It doesn't come from the Father. Anytime that we're we're struggling, it doesn't come. That doesn't come from the Father. That and I comes think that's from weakness. I think that's where Judaism gets the idea that Satan is like the inner struggle that we have with sin. Yeah, I could see that. But I also think it's an actual person thing too. Yeah, so. I was gonna say I, I think it's I think it's both of them. You know, yeah. like I think he can try to with your mind, and you have to learn like those bad thoughts that come in your mind or anything like that. That's why we have to take every thought captive. Yeah, so, I think that's how. That, I think that's how the literal adversary, the person of Satan, operates is by tempting that inner like flesh that struggles with sin and temptation. Mm-hmm. First Chronicles or doubt. Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to count the people of Israel. So there you go. There you go. Um that's why Yeshua was so great because when even when he was tempted at his weakest point, he passed the test. Satan couldn't get into him. I mean, the lip, he literally prayed, you know, for the cup to pass from him if it could, but mm-hmm. not his will to be done to the fathers. Yep. And that's something we got to keep on our mind. And that's something we have to encourage our brothers and sisters too in the faith. You know, just let the father's will be done. No matter what happens, even though it's hard. That's one, I mean, th- that's one thing I've... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're good, Jenny. I was just going to say, like, that's where the father has laid it on me that with childbirth, like, they used the fear of death as, like, the reason to get you to do all these interventions and stuff, which eventually leads to um, really dangerous procedures that are more deadly than childbirth itself. And so for me, the fear of dying in childbirth is not something that I personally am going to allow to, I'm not going to allow that to be a thing for me anymore. Like if that's the father's will that I die, bringing my child into the world, then that's, that's his plan, and uh, who am I to stand in the way of that, you know? That's right. I agree. Like, I shouldn't fear death because, like, I'm just going to be resting until he comes back. Like, so why am I scared of it? It's the unknown factor. And that's a huge thing for me because the fear, the fear of death has been something that's, like, held me captive for so many years. And so to actually be able to say, like, no, like, I'm not scared of this. Like, if that's what happens, it happens. Like, that's a huge, like, I don't know, 
Kind of no, we realize were, how deep it is. For a bit of no, I I relate with you on that because that's that's what I was saying. That's my I was gonna say. That's my struggle is um, like you try to come in mind. Like you have something in your body happen. You're like, am I gonna die? You know, and it's just like you know what, whatever. If it happens, it happens, and just move on about your day. And you know that's something I used to be like. I used to be very um OCD about like everything that happened in my body or something like that. And as time goes goes on, and sometimes it still still tries to slip back in, and I have to once again take it captive again, or ask you know, the father to help me with it and just get away from it again, because it's that's one of my struggles I have, and I have to just remember that his will has to be done. He's gonna like I can't add a day to my life by worrying, so I need to just go day by day and let it just take place, whatever's gonna take place. And sometimes it's hard because people are like, just go to the doctor and do all these things and get checked. And I'm like, um, like, you know, if you have anything wrong with you and I'm like, I don't feel like we should run to a doctor for every single thing. I mean, if you're having a heart attack or something, but yeah, go to the doctor, <laughs> go to the hospital. If you are dying on the floor, there's a medical emergency, go to the doctor. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. But the whole like constantly checking inside our bodies and worrying about what's going on in there. I don't think we're meant to worry. I think honestly, when we do those things, when we go and sit there and constantly examine our bodies, what's going on, that it manifests as fear in our brain. And it can manifest those things that actually start to happen with your body. You know, that's just my thoughts though. You must have my I, brain. That's my thoughts too. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We, we, I mean, you've talked about these things too, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think that's what um, ultimately goes on. And, and and I'm not, and I'm not against like anyone going to a doctor. Like, people, not everyone's in the same place, you know. And I know there's times and places for doctors and hospitals. I, I get that, but I try to put my faith in the Father most of the time. And sometimes it's hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 hard sometimes. And Satan knows where he can get you in your weak points. And that's why we have to be strong. And that's why we have to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage anyone who has fear of like medical emergencies and stuff like that, start looking into holistic medicine because it is mind blowing. Because they've, they, culture has made us so fearful of natural. And even I, say, I said this when, um, when I was helping Hannah. When with uh, Judah, like, it's crazy that the father leads us to looking to the natural and then we still look to man to tell us what's natural. And I'm like, I'm so over like running to people to tell me like how to take care of myself and everything. Like I'll let the father lead me in what I'm supposed to know. And I believe like that he gave us every plant and you know, he gave us all these natural remedies and we've start digging into that and seeing what the father has blessed us with and how it's so much more potent and there aren't the side effects and things that go along with these synthetic medicines because all they're doing is trying to recreate what nature, what God's already done. They're trying to play God. And that's why you have all the issues that you have with that is because they're not God. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs>
And with that, I rant everyone off. You didn't run me off. I'm listening still. Hannah said, I'll find back. really long. Ran Dustin off. Oh my God, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> See, David's catchphrase when this happened was when it. And it backfired. Nothing? Okay. I thought it was funny. What are y'all doing? What do you mean? <laughs> like, no one's laughing at my show. Uh, how do you think I feel? Y'all be doing this to me all the time. I'm sitting there reading and reading and reading and reading, and I'll give a little bit of, you know, whatever it is that I'm going to say, and then everybody's silent, dead silent. And I'm like, anybody there? No? Nobody? Okay. And then I'll keep reading, and then I'll we say it again. Crisis. So, Sorry. In my defense, at the beginning part, while you were reading, I was actually outside feeding my animals. No, that's all right. As Molly <laughs> Not used to say, every excuse, any excuse is better than none. Um. Anyways, so one, uh, in my defense, I was on a tracker and I was afraid you couldn't hear me. In my defense, we were dealing with the diaper crisis, and we no, have there's no more defenses. It's 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 Psalm forty nine one through fifteen. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> But we were having conversation about the stuff, and you were not here, okay? And I made a really cool joke, and everyone just left, like, crickets. I didn't have crickets. Oh, I was here. <laughs> yeah, I was here. I was listening. I was disputed. I was organizing my desk because y'all just started going on and on and on and on, and I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a while. I'm going <laughs> to organize my desk now. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin? Hello? I'm, I'm massaging out a leg cramp. Right Make up your mind. Do you want? You need to make up your mind. Do you want dialogue or do you not want dialogue? Oh, no, yeah. No. Hear no. this, all you people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hear this, all you peoples. Listen, all you who inhabit the world both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth speaks wisdom. My heart's meditation brings understanding. I turn my ear to a proverb. I explain my riddle with a liar. Why should I fear in times of trouble? The iniquity of my foes surrounds me. They trust in their wealth and boast in, of their abundant riches, yet these cannot redeem a person or pay his ransom to God. Since the price of redeeming him is too costly, one should forever stop trying so that he may live forever and not see the pit. For one can see that wise men die. Foolish and stupid men also pass away. Then they leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their eternal homes, their homes from generation to generation, though they have named estates after them. But despite his assets, man will not last. He is like the animals that perish. This is the way of those who are arrogant and of their followers who, are, who approve of their words. 
Like sheep, they are headed for Sheol. Death will shepherd them. The upright will rule over them in the morning, and their form will waste away in Sheol, far from their lofty abode. But God will redeem my life from the power of Sheol, for he will take me. Now we're going to go to 2 Baruch and read 49 through 51. Uh, if anybody has a sefer, I'm pretty sure that this is in there. But further, I ask you, O mighty one, and I shall ask grace from him who created all things. In which shape will the living live in your day? Or how will you or how will remain their splendor, which will be after that? Will they perhaps take again this present form? And will they put on the change members which are in which are in evil and by which evils are accomplished? Or will you perhaps change these things which have been in the world, as also the world itself? And he answered and said to me, Listen, Baruch, to this word and write down in the memory of your heart all that you have or all that you shall learn. For the earth will surely give back the dead at that time. It receives them now in order to keep them, not changing anything in their form, but as it has received them, so it will give them back. And as I have delivered them to it, so, I will, so it will raise them. For then it will be necessary to show those who live that the dead are living again, and that those who went away have come back. And it will be that when they have recognized each other, those who know each other at this moment, then my judgment will be strong. And those things which have been spoken of before will come. And it will happen after this day, which he appointed is over, that both the shape of those who are found to be guilty, as also the glory of those who have proved to be righteous will be changed. For the shape of those who now act wickedly will be made more evil than it is now, so that they shall suffer torment. Also, as for the glory of those who prove to be righteous on account of my law, those who possessed intelligence in their life, and those who planted the root of wisdom in their heart, their splendor will then be glorified by transformations, and the shape of their face will be changed into the light of their beauty, so that they may acquire and receive the undying world which is promised to them. Therefore, especially they who will then, who will then come will be sad, because they despised my law, and stopped their ears lest they hear wisdom and receive intelligence. When they, therefore, will see that those over whom they are exalted now will be changed or will be more exalted and glorified than they, then both these and those will be changed. These into the splendor of angels and those into startling visions and horrible shapes, and they will waste away even more. For they will first see and then they will go and be tormented. Miracles however, will appear at their own time to those who are saved because of their works and for whom the law is now a hope an intelligence, expectation, and wisdom a trust. For they will see that world which is now invisible to them, and they will see a time which is now hidden to them, and time will no longer make them older, for they will live in the heights of that world, and they will be like the angels and be equal to the stars. And they will be changed into any shape which they wished, from beauty to loveliness, from the light to the splendor of glory. For the extents of paradise will be spread out for them, 
and to them will be shown the beauty of the majesty of the living beings under the throne, as well as all the hosts of the angels, those who are held by my word, now lest they show themselves, and those who are withheld by my command, so that they may stand at their places until their coming has arrived. And the excellence of the righteous will then be greater than that of the angels, for the first will receive the last, those whom they expected, and the last, those of whom they had heard that they had gone away. For they have been saved from this world of, yeah, world of affliction and have put down the burden of anguishes, because of which men lost their life, and for what have those who were on the earth exchanged their soul? For once they chose for themselves that that time which cannot pass away without afflictions, and they chose for themselves that time of which the end is full of lamentations and evils. And they have denied the world that does not make those who come to it older. And they have rejected the time which causes glory, so that they are not coming to the glory of which I spoke to you before. That was second Baruch. I'm I ready to get like, the book. You say you're you're ready to get it? I'm ready to read it. Oh yeah. It's it's not bad. I I need to get a better version of it. The book I was just reading out of really sucks to try to read. <laughs> what a sefer? No, that wasn't the sefer. I think the sefer probably would have read a little bit better. It just would have been in old English. Which one do you have, Dustin? That's the complete pseudepigrapha. The way that the words are written on the page just kind of screws with my eyes. Oh, okay, so it's not the translation itself. No. I got. I bought an NRSV apocrypha the other day. I had the King James, and it's pretty rough. But uh, decided I'd give that one a shot after reading it a little bit in that stolen Bible I've got. Hey, brother, I put some pictures in the chat to show you what we was talking about earlier. Yes, I, I saved them to my phone, so I'd have them. I appreciate that. Okay. I guess, I guess I'm just supposed to screenshot them. That's what I did. I don't I didn't realize Baruch goes in detail like that. Isn't that the, the scribe of Jeremiah? Yes, sir. Now we're going to go to Matthew 4. Oh, Matthew. We're going to read 1 through 17 in Matthew 4. And it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days 
and forty nights he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man must not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splinter, splinter, and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and immediately angels came and began to serve him. When he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. He left Nazareth behind and went to the or went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the sea road, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light, and for those living in the shadowland of death, light has dawned. And from then on, Jesus began to pray, or preach, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then the last of what we got is 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. And it says, <clears throat> Brothers, I tell you this, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed any moment in the blink of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and will be changed, and we will be changed. For this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal must be clothed, clothed with immortality. When the corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Now the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's the end of the portion.